When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sticks with a 123-110 win over the... The New York Knicks, but like kind of the Knicks, kind of not the Knicks tonight. They didn't really have many of their, their big name players in. But regardless the JV of, Knicks. The JV Knicks. Regardless, the Celtics played everybody tonight. We got to look at a potential starting lineup with Drew Holiday in there and Al Horford coming off the bench. I know that's been one of the talking points of, in, in the uh, preseason so far and who's going to be in that starting lineup. So we'll get a little bit into that. Jason Tatum with 28 points tonight. And... Um, you know, I just want to remind everybody that to, to, uh, today's show or tonight's show is brought to you guys by FanDuel. Great uh, sponsor over there at FanDuel. We have our friends at Odds Are, and we have the fine folks at HelloFresh. We'll get into those sponsors a little bit later. But as you guys can all see, Joe Sway is at the TD Garden tonight as they take it down around him. Uh, so he's nice enough to mute himself, but it's not too bad, Joe Sway, so don't worry about it. Um, Joe Sway, give us um, your, your first impressions from tonight's uh, win. All right, there we go. I don't know why the mute. It's like a delay sometimes. Um, yeah, look, my first impression um, was very reminiscent of the first preseason game we saw here at TD Garden. You felt that excitement. You felt that, you know, the crowd was really into it. But the only difference is you're seeing these guys much more connected as a, as a unit, as a group. Mm-hmm. And it was great to see that starting lineup put together because that's the one that everyone's sort of been, you know, wanting to see when you think about uh, when, when, when the initial trade happened. That was the, the, the first starting five that most Celtics fans envisioned. You had the other group of fans that were like, well, no, you know, Al has to start. He's never, you know, he's not used to starting. But I think at the scene tonight, I mean, you, you wonder if Drew will come off the bench just to sort of help the second unit a bit, just so he can get better, you know, get acclimated with the system. Or if Joe Mazzullo is going to stick with this, I would love to see him stick with this, honestly. I, I like the idea of Al um, coming off the bench. And, of course, marquee matchups and certain particular teams. You're going to see him in the starting five. I don't think Al is going to be coming off the bench all season long. But for the majority of the season, I don't think it would be a, a, a bad thing. I mean, in this one, he scored five points you know, right off the bat. Um, very vocal defensively, which is obviously something the second unit is going to need. But you look at uh, what he means, you know, to the to the offense. Uh, I thought you were turning me off there, Jimmy. <laughs> you, you think about what he means to the offense and going up against, you know, uh, secondary opponents, you know, the mm-hmm. other team's second units. And I think he would fare well. And, of course, if he's failing it and if he's having one of those nights, it's you're going to see Al finish the game. You know, it's, it's not – I don't think Missoula – and he's been very vocal about this. He's not going to be – you know, so particular about the starting five. And, you know, like he said, it's all about how they finish. However, you wonder what the majority of the time it's going to be. And I think what we saw tonight should be the case. 
Listen, I mean, Al Horford was a was a plus 17 off the bench tonight. And again, we're not going to get too hung up on the statistics because, again, it was against the JV Knicks. But if Al Horford can get past the fact that he's not starting, and, he, and he, honestly, he's a leader, he's a veteran, he's somebody who's been in the league for a long time, he must know that this day is going to come at some point in his career. When you when you get up there in age and you play, and, and credit to him for being at this age and still being extremely effective in the NBA – it makes sense to come off the bench in a lot of cases. You want to prolong yourself for the season. Al Horford's had a number of injuries over the over the uh, course of his career, lower body, knees, and whatnot. The older you get, the less you want to be banging down low. We know that he's not anymore. He's a, basically a three-point shooter. I saw the stat tonight on the broadcast, 15 free throws. I forgot how little he got to the free throw line last year. He's just not that player anymore. But they need him. Make no mistake about it. Just because he's not starting doesn't mean he's not important. They need to make sure that this guy is good to go for the playoffs. We know how thin this team is. And Al Horford coming off the bench at age 36 or whatever he is now seems to make more sense. On the other side, you just traded for one of the best, if not the best, defenders in the NBA, right? Perimeter defender, uh, certainly. So you got to figure out a way to get Drew Holiday as many minutes as you possibly can. That's why you just traded for him, and he didn't come cheap. Um, so I think tonight's look was one that I was waiting to see for a while and one that I think we will see. Now, I do agree with you, Josue. It will be matchup-based in some instances. And you might see Al Horford come, uh, you know, start a, a game depending on who they're playing. And you might see him sit a game depending on if it's the back-to-back and, you know, maybe he plays less minutes. You know, who, who really knows, right? But bottom line is they need to figure out a way to manage his minutes so that he can play uh, as many games as possible in the regular season that he's needed for and be healthy for the playoffs. We know that it's a long season, and we know that by game 60, these guys are already looking at the playoffs. So it's not necessary for him to go 30 minutes a game for 82 games, but it is necessary for him to be healthy going into game one of the of the NBA postseason. Right, exactly, Jimmy. We're talking about what, what anticipated, right? A, a third consecutive deep playoff run, and I think the Celtics are obviously in position to do that, but you, you want to preserve Al Horford as much as possible. And yeah, I feel like it's getting worse around me, by the way, but – Trying to ignore it. It's um, like a couple explosions. Yeah, man. It feels like uh, these guys really want to go home. I feel like they're getting better at this, by the way. The last home game, they they got <laughs> they got this thing ready quickly. I, I overlooked the fact that there's not going to be a game played here until next Friday, or at least a Celtics game, rather. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, look, I mean, yeah, you mentioned Drew Holiday, but the reason why you're really able to do this if you're Joe Mazzula is because what Chris Porzingis means to this offense, man. Like, mm-hmm. And what he does on the defensive side as well. But, like, I can't remember the last time they had a guy like this. I mean, you look at what, he, what he's doing, these pick and pops by the free throw line, the mid-range. I mean, these are just jumpers that the Celtics just didn't have guys to hit those type of shots. It was either the three or you're going into the lane. But for Kristaps Porzingis, that seems like essentially no matter where he's catching that ball between 10 to 15 feet, it's just money, man. It almost it almost reminds me of, like, when – when KG first came, do you remember that, Jimmy? Like, like oh, yeah. those jump shots, top of the key. You know, look at the box score, man. It's very reminiscent of that. You know, 13, 14 attempts, six for seven. You know what I mean? Like, like those, yeah. those, like that type of production and, and having a guy who can knock down those shots, it's just, it, it, it's, it's devastating for opposing teams. You know, when you, when you have to worry about Tatum all night, you have to worry about Jalen, you know, guys like slash and get to the rim. And then now, to put Porzingis in the middle of that, that's only going to make things easier for those guys. And it's so easy to say that on paper, but seeing it the way we we have, you know, even though it's been a small sample size, you're seeing a big difference of, of what the Celtics' offense is able to do. Yeah, if you're a Celtics, 
if you're a Celtics fan, you just can't help but watch the game and just kind of smile when when you see him do something nice, right? Because right. We, talk, we talked about it last show. He's kind of been a forgotten player in the NBA over the, over the last few years, right? Just not part of the NBA discussion, really. You know, and he's been banged up. But, you know, obviously last year, not so much. And that's kind of what put him back on the radar a little bit. And I think that's definitely played a part in the Celtics' interest in him. And now watching him, you see – why he can be so effective when he is on the court. You see the many different ways that he can score on offense, whether it's low post, just sticks to three right off the bat in the beginning of this game, hits a couple of uh, of threes or a couple of um, big shots right off the bat. And you're like, okay, like this guy is smooth out there. He's clicking on all cylinders. You already mentioned it, what he can do, what he can do for you um, on both ends and how he can just score in multiple ways. I do see the KG comparison. Obviously, he's not KG. Everybody just slow down. I don't want everyone to... Don't clip that and say that I'm saying we got the next KG here. <laughs> right, but there right. are some similarities to his style that he plays and the and his ability to score. I mean, really score in more ways than KG when you talk about expanding to that three-point line because KG right. never had a three-point shot. He didn't need one. KG's low post game was was obviously more polished, but right. um but Porzingis is one of the best one of the best low post scorers in the NBA right now as well. It's just so crisp, Jimmy, man. Like I I, I guess we don't I mean, when you look back on it, it yeah, the Celtics, we, we see Kristaps Porzingis a couple of times a year here and there. But, like, last year, I mean, it was easy to sleep on his game, right? I mean, how many Washington Wizards he games did you watch? It was always hype, right? It was always just the hype right. about him, that, you know? It was the hype, and it was the failed experiment in Dallas. Let's face it. I mean, that sort of mm-hmm. hurt his reputation in the sense of, oh, maybe this guy isn't as dominant as we thought he was going to be. Or maybe, starts, he's not go- yeah. maybe, maybe he's not a perennial all-star, you know? But... I think started to hear him, that he was a bad teammate, you know, all that right, stuff started, started right. to sneak out, which happens when you're not playing well and, and things things aren't going well. Right. And that stuff started in New York, too, especially after his rookie season. I mean, people were sort of wondering what kind of guy he was going to be, his personality. Yep. You know, he, he was very disappointed with the way things went in New York. And he expressed that. And what, 19, 20 years old? I mean, a lot of people were wondering, oh, wait, maybe it's a tough place for him to get drafted. Maybe this guy's immature. Right. And then, you you, you know. You fast forward to today, and he's talking about like, oh yeah, man, that kid who played for the Knicks once upon a time, man, like that's I was immature, I was I was ignorant to use his word, right, ignorant, mm-hmm. and and I just always envision that op- this opportunity for, for Porzingis is so important for him because he realizes, like, man, like I didn't see this coming at all, you know, like from right. going to a situation in Washington and people questioning if he's a perennial All Star. I think this is so like ideal for him and where he's at in his career. And I just, I can't envision another third option across the NBA that could flourish better than what, what we're seeing right now with Porzingis. No, I can't either. And, and it seems to me like he's already on the same page as, you know, some of the guards out there. We saw Pritchard with a little lob to him and it seems like him and Holiday have a good no, he, going too. He, he tossed that with the left. That's impressive too, man. That Pritchard is too. Pritchard has impressed me with how he's able to get into the teeth of the defense and hold his own. You're still going to have to work on it, right? You still have to work on his decision-making and his playmaking abilities, but he's shown a lot of improvement in that in that regard. Obviously, his three-point shot we know is improved. That's a big part of his game. You know, uh, those like damn near Steph Curry, Steph Curry uh, Island <laughs> type of shots. Like he's, yep. that, that's in his bag now. We know that, but... I want to see if he can develop more as a playmaker and getting other guys involved. I mean, that second unit is going to, it's going to need it for sure. Yeah. what do you think of the second unit tonight? We already touched on Horford kind of coming off the bench there and we, we, we've mentioned Pritchard here, but Hauser with a, with a good game as well. Come on. Yeah, man. Hauser. Yeah. That's, that, that's encouraging because they're, they're going to need it, man. Those like seven, eight, nine spots are so important. I mean, we, we know they're everything, right? For so much has been made. They're, they're wide the open. Six. 
Right. They're wide open and they're you wonder if that's gonna change, right? If whoever grabs those spots the first couple of months is gonna stay in those spots. If it's Hauser or if it's, if it's Pritchard, you know, does Cornette have a chance to get in there? But then, you know, overall you Save look that at, for Bobby. <laughs> I know, right? Man, he I mentioned it before he did. That, that's the first. <laughs> it was the last time that happened. Yeah. Uh you wonder if they can hold their own, because if if not, they're gonna have to lean on someone like Drew Holiday. You know, we talked about what Al can do, but you wanna preserve him. I I, I think especially what we saw today, where where Drew wasn't looking to get this, uh, as many points as possible. Drew wasn't looking to say, okay, now it's my turn. He was looking for the other guys. He was reading what the defense was giving him. And he took his, his, his shots and his opportunities, but he was very patient. And I think that's going to go a really long way if, if you're able to, to mesh him with the second unit and kind of help get those guys going, the Sam Houses, the Peyton Pritchard, and, and whoever that third or fourth you know, guy off the bench is going to be. How's there a guy that you think that um, we can trust? I think so. I think so. You, you just wonder how he's going to fare against teams, you know, in, defensively, right? His right. transition defense has, has always been something he's, he's had to work on, but he's improved it, you know, a lot. But you wonder how the team defense is going to look this year, you know, because a lot has been made in training camp, how uh, in, in years past, it was a, a lot of individual work. But this year, there's, there's a lot more teamwork, a lot more team concepts, and especially bringing in someone like Charles Lee from the Milwaukee Bucks, who was a big part of, one of the better defenses in the NBA for the last two, three years, right? So right. you wonder how this team responds to that, but specifically the second unit. I'm not worried about the starters. Those guys will figure it out. Uh, but again, like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, don't read too much into what they did here against this uh, JV Knicks team. However, they're, they're on to something. I mean, this is going to be a really good team, obviously. But I just wouldn't say, like, you know, don't, don't get too excited. Pump the brakes. You know, I don't think this team's going to go out and win. 12 in a row to start the season, but they'll be a pretty good team. Well, you know what, though? If they win 9 out of 12 or 10 out of 12, I don't think anyone will be too surprised. I mean, this roster is built to win. And when we do our when we do our season preview show next week or whenever we do it, I'm sure there's going to be a few of us in here that have them to win the whole thing because that's what this is all about. Brad Stevens was very aggressive this offseason, as he needed to be. When the season ended last year, we all sat there and said, so what are they going to do? Just just run it back? They're just going to – you can't run this back, Right. And to his credit, to Brad's credit, he made a lot of tough decisions all the way through the offseason, right into camp, right? Literally right into the last day, literally. To the very last day. So you can't criticize Brad for sitting on his thumb this offseason, sitting on his hands, whatever the saying is. And I think people say both. I I, I don't know. I don't know which one is the official saying, but yeah, people say (laughs) both, I swear. Yeah, he didn't do either of those things. So uh, we got to give him credit for that. There there are some some question marks, of course, like size is going to be something that we talk about. Uh, throughout the year, but uh, Porz- again, adding Porzingis, we'll see how that that you know helps with things. And I think adding um, Holiday, I think Holiday obviously doesn't make you big in the paint, but he's a big guard and he right. plays big and he prevents guys from getting to the basket and getting to the paint and making things uh, a little bit more difficult to, to do uh, in the paint area. So I think that's you know playing to your strengths in another way, right? So just playing that that defensive intensity on the perimeter playing right. playing it outside of the paint and on the offensive end pushing it right not being a slow team not being a team that just walks up the court like we've seen them do in past years i think holiday's going to push them i think pritchard's going to push them white's going to push them i think you're going to see a lot more running gun um style of offense this year um, and i think they need to because when they were maximizing those um, possessions and they were playing up tempo they were scoring and they were also right. playing defense and that Deep, and the offense was uh, coming from the defense, right? It was, right. It was, it was a um, result of that. Now, 
that's what the 2022 team did, right? It was a lot yeah. of the times it was the defense leading to offense, and it, w- it, it would trigger the offense. Whereas last year, you saw a lot of the times where the offense would get stagnant at times. Right? They were relying too much. When on the three point shot was a falling. Exactly when the three point shot was a falling, and everyone started standing around, or it's, you know Tatum Tatum goes, and then Jalen goes, and they both take turns, and you didn't see that 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 you know continuity between most b- between. Between the frustration of, of, of a slow offensive, you know, night right. and just the lack of stops, right? Like, remember, this team would give up. They'd be on the wrong ends of, like, you know, 14 to 2 runs and, yeah. you know, so playing catch up. So hot and cold. And then they're, they're, they're getting into desperation mode. And we saw that, like, happen time and time again. Having someone like Drew Holiday prevents that from happening, I feel like, right? I mean, he, he's not – he's never going to allow the offense he's to get stagnant. Him. He's going to create stops. He's going to hold teammates accountable – and they're all here for it, right? Because they've been through uh, losing the NBA Finals. They've been through, you know, coming back from being down 3-0 just to lose Game 7. And, and all of that is something I think Brad Stevens, you know, took took to heart I mean, or, took, or remembered, right, going into this offseason. Mm-hmm. And if it cost him a Robert Williams, he was going to do that deal because he's like, man, we need someone like this to help facilitate, to help calm things down, to give, so, you know, give this team another defensive weapon you know, similar to Marcus Smart, or if not, better. Yeah, and the other thing is, Drew Holiday wasn't available until he was. You weren't getting Drew Holiday from, right. from the Bucks, right? Know? And that's another thing too, right? Brad wasn't like, man, you know, soon as soon as the Bucks get Lillard, I'm going to call about Drew. No, everyone's looking at Miami. Everyone was looking yeah. at, you know, name the uh, the other three or four teams that that, that was reportedly interested in, in Damian Lillard. Yep. You know, and we never heard the Milwaukee Bucks as one of those teams. Ever once, and I think I think that goes to show you that Brad, you know, Brad knows the guys that that he likes, right? And, and he can when, think on his, he can he can make decisions on his toes, damn it. When That's a player right. when a player like that becomes available, I always say it. It's it's the GM's job to pick up the phone and kick the tires on what the asking price is. Exactly. How can this player help us? What's it going to cost us? Are we okay with you know partying with player A and player B for a player of Holiday's caliber? They were. I think like any big trade, it takes a little bit of time to digest and to sort of, you know, understand. I think a lot of Celtics fans are, thank you for muting yourself there. I think a lot of Celtics fans are going to understand it. Um, as we get into this season, they're going to see what Drew Holiday's value is. And I think Drew Holiday, I think a lot of people would say he is an under underrated player on a national scale. But if you know basketball and if you follow basketball, you know his worth. Drew Holiday's not a household name for a casual basketball fan but I think he will become a lot more popular being in a market like Boston uh, on a team that gets a lot more publicity uh, even though the Bucks have been a, a, a good team for years they just don't have the same um, you know they don't have that same clout that Boston has and I think Drew Holiday will become a more um, popular player on the on the I guess main stage now Joseph I know we're not going to get hung up on the score tonight but I do think obviously Brad I mean Joe made a point too treat this like a regular season game in the way that he played guys for a while, right? It didn't matter that the Knicks had their scrubs out there, you know, not to be harsh, but it didn't matter. Like they went deep into the second half with their starters. Um, They played rotations that I think obviously we're going to see throughout the regular season. This is probably assuming that they rest some guys on Thursday. This is your last real look at this team prior to, um, you know, opening night. Um, You confident in in what you saw tonight and, and you feel like these guys are ready to go here? 
I am. I am, Jimmy. I, I, I just think um, a, a lot is going to be made about that second unit. You know, I think it's going to be a lot of the um, discussions throughout the first two, three weeks of this regular season. Um, I don't think Joe Mazzula will stick with the starting five, a uh, permanent starting five throughout that span. So that's going to that's going to Uh, a lot of uh, hey, Joe, this guy instead of that guy, like, and it might drive him crazy. You, you wonder how he's going to gauge, uh, how 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 we'll be able to gauge his uh, responses or his attitude, um, you know, throughout those questions. But I, I just think that it's important for him to figure out what's best for this team, right? What's best? What's the best combination? And I, I just don't think he's so like hung up on what the starting, you know, five, six, seven minutes of a game looks like, right? But I do think he's going to be hung right. up on people's roles and, and what's, what's expected out of guys, right? I mean, you sort of have to align that uh, for any team, right? So that guys know what to expect. You know, I, I don't I don't think anyone would agree with, you know, putting a different starting five every single night. However, throughout those first two, three weeks, you're going to figure out exactly what works best. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, you know, Uh, I think I lost Joe Sway. Looks like I'm going to be going solo here for a minute or two. If we can get Joe Sway back on, I'll shoot him a text. Lost you, Joe Sway. What uh, I think Joe Sway was talking about, and I wasn't paying a lot of attention because I was texting the group, uh, talking about Joe Missoula and the way in which he's going to coach the beginning of the year. I think there's going to be a lot of people with eyes on Missoula. We talk about the the bench unit. We talk about um, who's going to be in the starting lineup. Nobody took more heat at the end of the regular season than Joe Mazzulla did, um, whether it was because of the Celtics, the way that uh, he coached during the games, whether it was the fact that they lost to the Miami Heat in the playoffs, whether it was the fact that he came in as uh, an interim coach and was named head coach. A lot of people felt like maybe that the Celtics jumped the gun there. And as soon as um, they did, you know, name him, head coach. I think you, you were on one side or the other, whether it was the great move, lock him up now because this guy is a keeper or they had no reason to do that. They should have waited. And then obviously the way the playoffs ended up, there were a lot of people wondering if, uh, if that was the right idea. Celtics go ahead and they get Sam Cassell. Um, you know, they, they, they go ahead and they shore up the, uh, Joseph, I think might be coming back on. They shore up their coaching staff um, around Joe, which I think is fair. I think they needed to do that. And I think they owed Joe that if they were going to keep him. Um, one thing that a lot of Celtics fans or, or people fail to recognize is there wasn't much of a, sna- a staff around Missoula. So we can, we can criticize Missoula all we want, but he lost coaches throughout the year. And we saw as soon as the regular season ended and as soon as Ime signed in Houston, that his guys went to Houston right after him. So they were never Missoula's guys. So I do wonder if, if that was uh, an issue at all during the regular season or during the playoffs that, there wasn't really much of a continuity there on the coaching side of things. I don't know that to be true, but I did find it interesting that they all bolted to Houston after and Missoula was pretty much on an Island. So uh, I think this is a huge year for him. He has a team that's a championship caliber team and he's got a staff around him that is proven staff. Josue, are you ready? Can I let you back in? He's got a staff that's, that's uh, proven to, to be able to, you know, um, you know, whether it's in Milwaukee or whether it's in, in uh, Philly or wherever. Yeah, um, but you can't overlook that Milwaukee, man. That Milwaukee, uh, you know, intel, if you will, right? Right. Did you hear Did you hear me talking to, about Mozilla for a minute? Uh, more more so his coaching staff, uh, like yeah, the last 20 uh, was, seconds. 
Yeah, I was basically when you went away, I, I kind of transitioned to you were talking about how Missoula's going to handle the first few weeks. And I'm talking about how this is a big year for Missoula, obviously, the way it ended in, in his first season. He had a lot of doubters, a lot of people who didn't want him back this year. He's got a full staff around him now, and he's got a team that's a uh, championship caliber team. And I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on him seeing how he can handle it all. Yeah, I think all of that is, is 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 relative when you think about how things went down last year. I mean, we obviously everyone knows it's not ideal to go into that head coaching job the way he did under those terms. But I, I think one thing that we all overlooked until the end of the season last year was the fact that his coaching staff, like he didn't pick any of those guys, right? Sure, he was with them last the season prior when yeah. he was in the second yeah, they row. Were guys, right? They even, exactly. They all left like, as, when soon you, as, as soon as the season ended. Exactly. Like like when you this is different between being used to working with guys as one of those assistant coaches that's in the second row and being the head coach who has to work with those guys, but you didn't handpick the guys that you want to work with. Right now. And I know that maybe Missoula didn't, you know, call up Brad and say, Hey, I want Sam Cassell. Hey, I want this guy. But the organization was able to respond in a way that's going to help Missoula with some of the most experienced assistant coaches you're going to find mm-hmm. in the NBA. Some of the most revered assistant coaches you'll ever find. And I don't think Missoula's ever going to, you know, say, oh, I didn't, I don't want to, I don't want to work with these guys. No, he's a, he's a basketball geek, if you will, right? Like he loves that. He loves concepts and he loves new ideas and he loves uh, having that type of experience around him. He's a student of the game. So I, I think him and Brad Stevens were on the same page all off season about that part, especially. Mm-hmm. And know? now Missoula's going to manage, he's going to manage four, four stars, four superstars now too. Um, bringing in new players, Porzingis, Holiday, how they're going to fit with Tatum and Brown. And that's not easy. I mean, Holiday just got here. People are talking about, oh, he might come off the bench because, um, you know, he's not acclimated yet, blah, 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 and all that stuff. I don't know how much, how true that could, that might be. Yeah, um, I mean, you could say that. I, I, that's a great, like, excuse for Joe Mazzula to say. <laughs> but if you ask me, man, I just think this this second unit has got to – got to, it needs help. Right? It needs help. I don't know if – this is going to be strong enough. We have to wait and see. It's still obviously very, very early. Right. But um, putting someone like that in the mix, it makes things a whole lot easier. and helps guys like, like Pritchard and Hauser. Well, wouldn't, um, wouldn't it make, in that sense, Josue, wouldn't it make more sense to put a guy who has more experience with these players, like, right. uh, like Derek White in the second unit? I mean, I feel like Holiday, one Holiday has more experience than White and, 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 he has more experience in way, but he doesn't have more experience with these teammates. Right. That's true. That's a good point. I just wonder in terms of working with White off the ball, right? Like, do you maximize his potential that way and putting him in, in, in that lineup with the starters, you know? Is that the way to go, especially in the, in the to start the regular season? You're saying what now? You're saying to start who? No, I'm saying, like, if you have Drew as a starter, you know, you wonder if, if Drew, if you wonder if you want to start with White, just to, for those first couple of weeks, just to kind of help the second unit with a with a veteran like Drew mm-hmm. Holiday, who you know, depending on the matchup, right, he doesn't necessarily have to, you know, it doesn't mean he's not going to end the game. However, just to sort of help those guys find their way, so to speak, um, wouldn't be a bad way to start the season. Right. But right, before we get, I'm more I'm more into the put Drew and 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 White in that backcourt, man. When it's all said and done, once the second unit finds its way, like I want that to be like the lineup that most people think about when they think of the Celtics, you know what I mean? Like mid-season, like that'll be the go-to lineup. And then depending depending no on matchups, right? Like it just has to be. I feel like that that's just too strong of a lineup to just say like, oh, that's our like special one that we go to every now and then. No, I mean, listen, 
they didn't trade Drew Holiday for him to be for him to be a, a bit player and come in in like certain situations. Like exactly, this is a, this right. is a superstar yeah. NBA player. Like it doesn't make any sense to me that why they would have him coming off the bench unless it was, hey, I'm not ready. Uh, you know, I don't know the I don't know the plays. I don't know the sets. Like, but it's not that. At the end of the day, his specialty is defense. You don't need to know Jack about the plays to play hard defense. You just need to know how to keep the motor going out there, play hard right. basketball, create turnovers, and get guys going on the other end. And th- and he can certainly do that. A um, couple things we want to tell you once again. Want to remind you about our sponsors here at the Garden Report, and again, FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, and snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. If you haven't already, the season is well underway. We are in week four. Bobby Manning absolutely squoke one out against oh, yeah. against uh, against me uh, this weekend in our little fantasy matchup with the late. Matt Stafford, garbage time touchdown, but hey. You know, it was fun last week, too, betting the Dolphins. And, oh, my goodness gracious, the (laughs) amount of dough my friends made off of Dolphins, props, parlays, and this and that. Holy wow. If you bet anything in that Dolphins game, you hit um, last week. So that was amazing. But the offer here you can get at FanDuel is, uh, you you know, bet five, get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's all you have to do is bet five, win or lose. You get that. Uh, so if you've been thinking about joining, go ahead and do it. Go to fanduel.com slash Boston. Once again, fanduel.com slash Boston. Fanduel, the official partner in the NFL and the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. You have to be 21 and over here and present in Massachusetts to take part in the deal. Hope is here. If you have any sort of issues with gambling, uh, you can go to gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. As for that deal, restrictions do apply. The bonus bets expire in seven days. Check out terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Okay, Josue, next. Uh, we haven't even talked about the two probably obviously biggest pieces of the Celtics team based on um, history here, and that's Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. We mentioned Tatum off the top, 28 points tonight. Let me pull up his stat line here. 28 points, 9 of 15 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals in 30 minutes. A quiet 28 is what Scal called it. Light work, yeah, it was. What do you think he said? What do you think from him tonight? Um Is he ready to go? Is he is he did he put on some what the heck did I just I don't know what's going on over there? Um don't Jose, do that again. give me the thumbs. I got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so give me the thumbs up if you're not uh, if they're not blowing up an air uh, hot air balloon behind you. You just see me like fly away. What would you yeah. do? <laughs> uh, is he ready for the season? I heard that he put on some muscle. Um. Yeah. I mean, listen, not the same. If you ask me, I'm well. The muscle, I feel like we saw during the off season. Um, mm-hmm. So we already knew about that. But yeah, I feel like he was just sort of finding his spots, kind of going through the motions, especially in that second half. Um, he did go off um right before halftime. Uh, yep. we, we, he he had twenty at that point in um. Yeah, I, I just see him as someone who's just sort of uh, going through it, being the, the doing what he's supposed to do to, to help guys along, and he's just ready to he's ready for, to start playing the real ones, man. It seems like. And what about our what about our friend Jalen Brown, Mister Three Hundred Million going into Jalen? Uh, How do you think man. he looked tonight? I would say that he probably didn't look as good as the rest of the look, team. And he didn't look as not, good as Tatum. I was trying to hate on Jalen Brown. Everybody. No, it's that's not. Just watching the game here. It's not. Because if you watch the game, you you, you would agree. Um, he, he 
found spots to be effective on offense, but I felt like he was sort of out of sync with the rest of the guys, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. I, he didn't hurt them, right? And, and I felt like on defense, he started like, you started to see like he was gradually just like, this, not as interested as he was in that first quarter as it uh, felt like, but I guess you can chalk it up to he's ready for the regular season to start and you sort of just um, seeing everyone find their own, find their footing on the team. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't a whole lot to, uh, it wasn't that impressive. Everybody tonight. should be very happy that John Zanis is not on tonight's show. No, he would be, he, he would be all led, over Jalen. He, he would have led with Jalen Brown tonight off the top. People would have been screaming in the chat, but he wouldn't have been all wrong. And and again, we're not going to make too much out of this because it's just a preseason game and off night, whatever. 17 points for Brown tonight, 6 to 15. Looked fairly invisible. Uh, he did the thing where he like tried to dribble through four people and then turned it over, which we saw many, many times last year. He doesn't need to do that anymore. Oh, he doesn't. Oh, doesn't need to do that anymore. There's there's enough health on this team where you actually don't need to do it all. But there is the $300 million contract that he just signed there is probably a different sort of you know Jalen Brown's always been a guy that's that's thrived off of people doubting him and negativity and whether or not you think that's the right way to go about it or not it's worked for him right he's always kind of had that me against the world mentality it feels even when it comes to the fans here in Boston I mean how many times has he referenced being booed on draft night you know um so now it's kind of hard to use that as motivation, right? I mean, you were just basically validated, right, when you signed that contract. So now you have to find a different way to motivate yourself, and I'm, I'm sure he'll figure that out. But I do wonder if that is going to complicate matters for him at all, just that idea that, okay, he got paid. Now he has to live up to it. Before it was proving that, you know, he was the one of the best players in the NBA, and now it's proving that – he deserves the money that he got. And is that something that we're going to see affect his play? Is he going, is there going to be points where he tries to do too much? And maybe does, I saw in the chat, Jalen Brown wasn't playing team basketball tonight. I mean, you were there, maybe you saw a little bit of that as well. Um, is that something to be concerned about? Um, I wouldn't be concerned about it. Cause he's a, he's a professional. I don't think Jalen's the type of guy that would sort of isolate himself completely from the team. But I do think it's something that we'll be talking about a lot. Um, when other guys are going and the, the offense is flowing and if he doesn't get as touches as much, you wonder if that's going to affect him emotionally or which, how he's going to respond to that. But I do think that he's at a stage of his career where he's he's professional enough to not pout or, or say, hey, I, I need my touches too. You know, And, and I think being validated with this contract um, helps in that regard, right? But you wonder how he's going to uh, respond to you know those, those games where he just doesn't have it, right? Oh, what's he going to be on the defensive side? Because I, I always see... Jalen is someone who his offense inspires his defense, right? Like I feel like when he's really on on offense, he's he 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 wants to guard the the best player on the opposing team. I mean, most of the time that's his assignment, but I feel like he's more locked in. Does so he I think have to now. So the Celtics have to. I mean, he should he should want to. And, and I think if you're the, if you're Tatum or Drew but you Holiday, get Holiday now. right? But you want to you want him to be involved. You don't want it to be like one of those things where it's like, oh, today's not a Jalen night. Let's just move on. No, like you want to get his offense going. But this team doesn't have to stop everything and say, okay, I saw Jalen. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the, the the luxury of having so many offensive weapons. Whereas, you know, a couple of years ago, that wasn't always the case. If Tatum didn't have it, it was like, okay, Jalen has to do something. That's not the case anymore with this team. And if you're Jalen, you're not going to take that, uh, uh, you know, harshly. You're not going to take that some type of way because this team has already invested in you. They've already shown you uh, what you mean to them. And, and, and obviously, he's an important part of what this team's trying to do. 
Yeah, I think this comment is pretty spot on, and it's one of the reasons why they went and got Holiday because Holiday is to be a playmaker. He's the guy right. that's going to be handling the ball and getting guys in the sets. And again, Jalen Brown yeah. doesn't have to do what he did tonight, which is try to do too much in certain situations. Right, exactly. But, that, and, but that's and an again, adjustment. That's an but, adjustment but think, that he's going to have to. I don't think the contract is something that is going to make him think like, man, you're giving me all this money. I want this and I want that. No, I, I think right. the contract is it's it's the validation that he needed. You know, or, sure. or that he was looking for, I should say. So I think that's a that that's a big um, that's a that's a good thing to have on your side if you're Jalen going into the season. That you don't have to go out there being like, oh, I have to prove myself. No, that's already he's already done that. He doesn't have to prove himself in that sense, but does he have to prove that he's worth it? Does he have to prove that he that he is still valuable to this team and that he's worth that money? Is he that he's worth that much in salary cap? I mean, Jimmy, you and I both know that a lot of people out there don't think he's worth it before he even right. signed it, right? Right. So, well, so that's and that's the that's going to be like so he, he the new argument, right? Yeah, right. As but if you're Jalen, you can't let that affect you, man. It's like, man, you no. you got three hundred million dollars coming in your way in the next four or five years. Like the hell with all the noise, right? <laughs> and and right. you've been a, a, an all star, you know, for a handful of years now, so. I mean, there's a slight possibility, but if if, if I was a betting man, I, I really don't think it, it impacts or, or makes him think that he's not getting his own fair share, you know what I mean, of, of okay. offensive touches. I hear you. I hear you. And I hear that beeping too, so thank you for muting it. Okay, so we've hit on pretty much – I think we – is there any, any – what else from this game? So we got Bobby Manny joining us shortly. I just talked – I just uh, texted Bobby, and he actually did get Jalen Brown – he said they got Brown in a in a a small scrum, so maybe he's got some intel for us there that he can share with us from his conversation with Jalen Brown. I have no idea what that conversation went like, but um, Bobby will be joining us momentarily. Um, Joe Sway, what else did you get into? Did you get any um, post game at all tonight, or did you go straight to the show? Show man, because otherwise, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. I hopped okay. straight on the show because I haven't got a chance. Yeah. But you there? Joe's way you there? No, we got you. you're mute right now, but I think I heard you before. So wait, am I mute or not mute? Now you're not muted. <laughs> okay. Damn You were broken up. You were broken up. Oh, okay, okay. No, I was saying um No, I, I just set up here because if I went back there and came back, it would took us a while to get mm -hmm. on here. It's Bobby's there's a mm -hmm. lot going on back there, I guess. Anything pregame that we that we may have missed that that yeah. was important? Did you did you get on the did you see Tibbs at all or anything like that? You talked to anybody pregame anywhere? Yeah, um, Tibbs and, and and Missoula. I mean, they kept it relatively short. Uh, Missoula announcing the starting five, um, and mm -hmm. Tibbs talking about how many guys weren't playing. So that's why I was like, man, this thing's going to be a landslide. Um, but you look at, you know, um, what was it? The the Jeff Van Gundy signing. Uh, he was asked about that. Tibbs saying that any any type of job where a team employs someone like uh, Van Gundy, you're gonna get a lot of experience. You're gonna get a lot of help in that regard. So he had nothing but great things to say about uh, Van Gundy joining the Celtics organization. And what do you think about that? Because that kind of came out of nowhere, right? It did kind of come out of nowhere, and you know it's kind of funny because Celtics.com actually had it like days before. Like everyone was like, "Oh, this is happening." And Celtics.com was like, "Dude, we said that already." But um, I love it. I, I do. I mean, the more experienced guys, the better. You know, I, I don't think it's something that's, um, you know, I don't think it's something he'll take lightly. Uh, he's, he's someone that obviously has a whole lot of experience as a head coach with his days in the Knicks. 
watching the game the way he has as a uh, you know broadcaster, telecommentator. So I, I love it, man. Guys like him, Sam Cassell, man, they got stories for you know from from from, from guys who have been in the league. And, you know, as a player or as a coach or as a broadcaster for the past 25 to 30 years, essentially, right? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the great basketball minds. You know, his broadcasts are, are they were very interesting to listen to. And he sees the game from a different perspective, obviously. And I think, again, you know, we mentioned it earlier. Mizzou hmm. is getting all the help he can get right now. This guy's cracking me up. Sorry, Jimmy, real quick. This guy says, y'all sound like, y'all sound like beats broke breath. He's like, are you guys Celtics fans? No, no, man, we're not. We're, uh, Wait, what did we're, he say? We're, we're journalists. We're broadcasters. Is this right? on the? Is this on the YouTube? Yes. Chat? Yeah. Oh, here we go. I'll you put find it. Up it? Here. Yeah, put it up here. here. This is what cracks me <laughs> up, man. We're, we're not. Saw, uh, we're, uh, we're not Celtics right. fans in our our parents' basement talking about how much we love our team. Like, come on, yeah, man. I'm in we're, the attic. I'm in the attic right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Y'all sound like brats, man. bro. We're Are y'all Celtics fan? JB deserves every single penny, brah. He makes the whole organization look good in his culture. Stop playing okay so first of all welcome to the show this is somebody <laughs> who's probably never watched one of our shows before so welcome um jalen brown we we know everything that jalen brown brings to the organization and to the celtics we've watched many 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 games over his career and we understand why he was up for 300 million and we understand why the celtics signed him for that number because if they didn't you know they're be a completely different story and you know the 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 way that the cba works you make that signing whether or not you play out for that entire contract is irregardless you make that signing we know what jalen brown does well we know what jalen brown doesn't do well and when those things happen we talk about them so if you don't like it when jalen brown has a bad game if you don't like hearing about it then don't watch the show if you don't like it when jason tatum has a bad game if you don't like talking about it don't watch the show because we're not going to sit here with our green pom-poms and our green goggles. And we're not going to sit here with our Celtics helmets on every <laughs> single game and talk about how good they played if not, they suck. Not every game. Simple yeah. as that. We'll crack a few jokes at their expense. We'll break down the highlights. We'll break down, you know, what went right, what went wrong. But if you're looking for green pom-poms, I guarantee you there's a podcast for you. But it's not this one. Not all the time. Not until Bobby Manning gets here, anyways. Yo, the Jalen stands are relentless, man. You can't tell them <laughs> anything. Like Jalen is like their yeah. god. Like they love that guy. Like geez. It's it, listen. Everybody's fair game. Nobody is on a pedestal that cannot be uh, reached on. This they make show. it. They make it sound like he didn't have like eight or nine turnovers in the game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals or something. Like geez. <laughs> yeah so anyways <laughs> welcome happen. to the show welcome to the show he got a comment up there so now maybe he's got the he's got the bug he'll be back now he'll definitely be back to see what we talk about next but um that's a little that's a little uh quick synopsis of what our show is all about um and we are going to do a season preview i i heard next week um so we'll have something coming to you guys uh next week uh, we have a, the last preseason game which means really nothing but We'll do some sort of preview. Um, we'll make our predictions. We'll probably make some bold predictions. Joe Sway, start working on your bold predictions. Um, Hopefully they're bold enough. I feel like John – actually, no, last year I think he wasn't mad at me. I think he was mad at you guys. So you guys didn't have your, your prediction. No, he was, mad at, he was mad at you guys. I had, like, preposterous predictions. <laughs> that, did, I, did I flip that around? Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, I think he was mad at you and Sher- – I think Sherrod had some, some pretty easy ones too, but um, mine was that literally Derek White would be forgotten, like – 
on a road trip somewhere because like he was just so like not thinking not about important. what was that thing I, I picked like I think it was like three out of five or something like that that happened but it was like Romeo's gonna get traded was one of them or something it yeah, that you were right on that yes you were right on that um and I was kind of right when Derek White didn't make the plane back uh with the team it wasn't because they forgot him but remember he got like poked in the eye something happened to him oh that's right back. yeah so yeah technically yeah. they did leave him behind uh on the plane but <laughs> not quite forgotten um he was an iron man last year man remember he went through so many so much like stuff that di- didn't keep him out for a game right remember yeah like, he played all 82 all 82, all 82. i mean i thought he had a concussion had, nobody had a bigger like 180 degree turnaround my, than Derek White did last year, if you're talking about the Boston Celtics. I mean, that was a guy that when he got traded to the team, the way he, the way his first season ended, people were talking about him like the Celtics couldn't, couldn't trade him if they wanted to, right? John Zanis said that, you know, the Celtics wouldn't be able to get uh, a second-round pick for him. No, he didn't say that. But he, he talked like that was the case. Um, and, and he'll be the first to admit that Derek White has completely transformed himself over, over the last season and has now become... Uh, an integral part of this team. Now, one of those, one of the things, another thing that Brad Stevens has to figure out is if he's going to um, get an extension signed with Derek White before the season starts. He's got a couple of days left to do that. It doesn't sound like I'm, I was just listening to the broadcast, and it doesn't sound like it's something that Derek White is um, stressing over, saying all the right things about it. But um, Joe Sway, have you any idea on which way that might go, and and you know how important is it for the Celtics to lock this guy up, whether it's now or whether it's you know next offseason i think if they were able to lock him lock him in this year that would be huge because you would save a lot of money if you ask me man Derek white if, if if he doesn't duplicate what he did last year he might even i mean okay i'll say this <laughs> he's most likely going to duplicate what he did last year and that alone is going to mm-hmm. double his dollars if you ask me right i mean making the all yeah. defensive second team last year uh you know leading the league and blocks for guards what he, how he's able to um, compliment Tatum and Brown. I mean, everyone's watching that, right? I mean, it's not when you do it at this level. When you go to the Eastern Conference Finals, I mean, that's how that's how you get the bag, right? From from a team that's like, wait a minute, let's save some money and mm-hmm. let's give that guy a contract. So, if you're the Celtics, you want to reach an agreement as soon as possible. But if you're Derek White, man, you holding off. Oh, you're, 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 if, getting, if you're, you're putting your businessman hat yeah, on, Derek man. White. If I'm White's agent, I'm like, bro. <laughs> We'll, we'll talk to those guys next year because he's got two years, right? He's got that option or he's got the, excuse me, he's got, um, this, he's not in, he's not entering his final year of the contract. So right. why not? I mean, why, why would you sell yourself short in that, in that regard? Right. If I'm, if I'm his agent, man, I'm, I'm looking at it. They're ready. They, they, they've locked in Pritchard long-term, you know, uh, Drew Holiday's got another year on the books. I mean, you, you, the, everything is in your favor at the uh, negotiating table right now. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Derek White has shown that he can play here. Obviously, he wants it sounds like he loves it here and wants to play here, saying all the right things, uh, embracing his role. And I mean, I think obviously there's a there's a, a great fit for him on this team. And again, the storyline around him has just done a complete 180 than it did a, uh, a year ago at this time. I think we're getting Bobby setting up here. I'll wait for him to give me the thumbs up. And he does. Drum roll, please, for Bobby Manning joining the show. What's up, Bobby? How we doing? 
And we can't hear Bobby. <laughs> so Bobby's that Bobby's where all this stuff is going. <laughs> and I'm where yeah. they're taking it. Yeah. <laughs> all that stuff, all that noise. Yeah. Bobby, check your mic. Got me. Hello. Got there you. We got oh. you. And he's gone. Just like that. What a, what an entrance. Just like I heard him. You can't you can't get a better entrance than you do on this show, guys. There we go. How's and he's that? back again. Hell of an entrance, Bobby. Bobby, what did Jalen say, man? Talked a lot about their defense. You know, that's the emphasis, certainly. And he, he likes where that's at. And uh, you know, just I think the biggest thing I took away from this game. Give us a quote. I don't, I don't have the quotes off the top of my head, right, but <laughs> yeah, I got one for you. So I asked about the asked about the dribbling in the you know Jimmy most careful way I could. You no, know, we were talking about that too. That's perfect. Good. I didn't come in like Jalen, man. Everyone's saying the dribbling stinks. Like you're working on the left hand. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on Bobby. Just so you know, which you probably already do, but Jalen fans are kind of sensitive, so. A lot of comments are, you know, they're going to... Be careful. Yeah, be careful. The stands are out. (laughs) So The stands are out. I I said, I've seen you working on the ball handling a lot. You know, you've always wanted to be a playmaker. Where do you feel like you're at with it? Butter him up. He said, I feel great. I feel poised. I feel ready to have a great year. I put on a lot of work trying to make plays, trying to get guys open. I can't wait to show it this year. Okay. You confident he will? Can't wait to show it this year. Can't wait to can't wait to show his uh, ball handling skills off this year. Joe Sway thoughts. It's not that's not can't wait to uh, win. That's can't wait to show off my ball handling skills. Is that right, Bobby? Yeah. I mean, no, I, yeah. That's, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, and I, I think that he's someone that probably did work on this game. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't know. A lot I would hope made, so. Damn. Made, yeah, but you know, Jimmy, people made a lot about that video of him dribbling with his left, which, by the way, probably got a Celtics intern fired because that was Celtics. <laughs> that was Celtics.com that posted that shit. Like, I was shocked. Yeah. I'm like, but um, I asked, I asked and got a no comment. <laughs> with the I just feel like when you're asking about that video, yeah, no, 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 not him. But I, I asked you, what you the asked somebody of, in Celtics <laughs> of, of the video poster, and I got a no comment. Oh, yeah, yeah, someone, <laughs> someone got in trouble. But um, but yeah, Hopefully look, it was Jaylen, just a warning. Like I said, nah, like I said before, man, like Jalen's a, Jalen's a professional. He's been around long enough that I, that I, he knows what preseason's like, and he knows how important it is to go into this regular season. So I'm not worried about Jalen. I'm really not. And and I, again, I think the contract has a lot to do with that. I don't think it's pressure for him. I think it's validation. And, and I think we'll see that for sure. Um, but you just wonder how much of that production, you know, compared to what we saw last year, it's going to, it's going to um, be it's, it's sustainable when you have guys like Porzingis where you can sort of spread the wealth, you know, spread, spread the, uh, the, the offensive uh, production. Yeah. And yeah. I, he's had a few moments, Jimmy, in the preseason where he's gotten deep into the defense. He talked a little bit about how crowded the paint was in this game and, it feels like when he gets underneath the rim, he can kind of throw the ball away sloppily from that spot. That's where I've seen most of his turnovers in the preseason. But six assists tonight, that's a good number for him. I, I feel like he's shooting the ball well. He looks ripped. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, you've probably brought up the uh, Tatum weight or we talked about in the chat. But when it comes to Jalen's physique, he, he's in great shape. He like absolutely ripped at these, at these practices and shoot arounds. Like he's in phenomenal shape. Uh, defensively. I love that. He keeps talking about defense and setting a tone on that end. What I just worry about is 
where's he get his in this offense? Like, where's he get his ball time? Where's he get his shots from? They ran a lot of plays off the ball to get him shots in this game, and some of them got blown up. And then, of course, when he's on the ball, you just really want to see him make those quick, decisive decisions, and he doesn't always do that. So a big topic around this team right now, Jimmy, is sacrifice. Sacrificing shots, sacrificing minutes. I just talked to Jason about the starting lineup. Like He's like, it's going to be tough. We have six starters, and someone's going to have to take that back seat every night. So it's on Jalen as much as anyone some nights to sacrifice, maybe set the screens, shoot fewer times, get off the ball and make a quick decision when he catches it. And he's talked a lot about just sacrificing next to Tatum throughout his career. And it feels like on some nights with Porzingis here, especially he's going to have to really emphasize just getting Porzingis the ball because it looks like he's going to hit every shot he takes this year, Jimmy. It's blowing me away. The guy's unbelievable. Wait, say that again. Uh, Porzingis, like oh Porzingis. If you're Jalen, talking about Brown for a second. Yeah, well, I'm connecting it to Porzingis because I think one of the biggest benefits of Porzingis being here for Brown is he doesn't always have to shoot. He doesn't always have to scan the floor when he gets right. the ball. He can just find Porzingis, and it's impossible to miss the seven three guy who's a mismatch against everyone. We kind of started with Porzingis almost off the top, just talking about how ready he looks and how like it's crazy man complete of a player he looks out there just the his ability to just be able to affect the game from all levels of the of the court is something that we haven't seen really since kg and again not comparing him to kg but similar vibe we're getting um from an ex you know from a purely basketball standpoint i'm ready to say it jimmy and it's not even regular season game number one yet. Wait, don't say it. Uh, um, Porzingis MVP? No. <laughs> Close. Okay, what? If he's healthy this year, I think he's going to be an all-star. No okay. doubt about it. Yeah, that's, that's He hasn't close. been an all-star since 2018. All-NBA is tricky because it's positionless this year, right? I'd go there if there wasn't positionless now, and it's probably going to be a lot of guards and wings. But if it was that old system with the third center, you might even want to talk about that because – He's yeah. just going to shoot open shot after open shot. I mean, first play of the game again tonight, he's draining from the corner. He's draining from mid-range. You watch him in practice. He's hitting everything. He's got a weird shot, All-star too. All-star Porzingis. Like, if that's I'm the case, of, Bobby, and Bobby, if that's the case, if they get All-star Porzingis, assume they have All-star Tatum and Brown, they could possibly have an All-star Holiday. This is a team that has to be favorites to I'll get to in, Holiday your, in, in, your, a in your eyes to win a, win a championship. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, yeah. I mean, with what we're seeing in the preseason, there's still some questions, but they're going to be a massive problem for pretty much every team they play against Mm -hmm. here, especially offensively. Now, they got to stop turning the ball over. Did that way too much in the first half, even with the shot making. But midway through the third, Jimmy, they were shooting 51% from the field, 50% from three, and 90% at the line. (laughs) It's ridiculous. And Jalen did say when I was talking to him, there's going to be nights where we're shooting like crazy, but when we're not, we got to find other ways to win. 
And that's, I still think, going to be the case for this team this year. But Tatum's banging in the post. Drew's really good at that. You got a mid-range element with Porzingis and Brown. So I think you are going to find some offensive balance this year beyond, beyond the threes. Well, that's just it. Because we, me and Joe Sway were talking about earlier, they got too reliant on the three last year. Oh, yeah. They got to they get back to basics, which is what you've been preaching uh, for a couple of years, getting back to playing hard, tough-nosed defense and letting mm-hmm. your defense transition into offense. And they're going to be a running-gun team. We've seen it in the preseason. They're, playing, they're going f- – they're going full court press practically out there. So, I mean, they're definitely going to be a team that's going to be in your face. They're going to run it as much as they can. Holiday's going to get them moving. White's going to get them moving. They're not going to be, I pray to God, I get down on my knees tonight before I go to bed. <laughs> I will pray to God that they don't, don't do this stupid half court, walk the ball up. You know, it's 10 seconds left in the shot clock before they start doing anything with it. So I, things I, I did get awry. Things did go awry a little bit midway through this game, late in the second, and Joe said it went till midway through the third, the offense falling apart. And and it took a long time for someone to step up and stop the bleeding there. Again, you have so many ball handlers here, Jimmy. You have a lot of guys who can make plays. But even with Holiday here, and I do want to get to Holiday before we wrap the show. We will. It's too early, right? I don't want to overreact. He just got here two weeks ago. He's figuring things out. He's off the bench the first game. Now he's starting. Are you on a holiday one. now? <sighs> I just want to, and I, you know, a little of this just watching the tape and looking back at his Milwaukee days. I, I just want to pump the brakes a little bit on the notion that he's going to come in here and solve all their offensive issues and be that every play point guard. Yeah, Jalen said it, and I think Jason came close to saying it. It's going to be a lot like Smart. You know, there's going to be flashes of brilliance. There's going to be big playmaking games where he has seven, eight assists. But you see the turnovers tonight, some sloppy stuff from him. And you, you did see that in his Bucks film. Um, you know, sometimes he does get stuck in between decisions, throws the ball away in the pick and roll, yeah. I think, can make some tough reads. And you even saw it right before halftime. He, like, ripped off his, um, you know, so headband heavy. and just like stormed into the locker room, looked really frustrated. And I know, you know, he's talked a lot about how like shocking the trade was and how big of an adjustment it's been so far. He can't even find a house, apparently. Like he's, he just hasn't found a place to live yet. Well, with so, mortgage rates the way they are, I mean, <laughs> it's got to be gotta So be it's going to be a transition for him. And you know what, Jimmy? I've done a lot of reporting on it. I've been grilling Joe on it. It's going to mm-hmm. be a starting by committee. But if you had asked me today who will come off the bench a week from tomorrow on opening night. I think it's going to be Drew. Wow. Okay. For how long? He'll play a ton. You know, he'll be the sixth man. He'll have a major, How long will he come off the bench for? I don't know. It could vary game to game. It could take a little, you know, a couple weeks while he still continues to get acclimated here, or they could find out that's the best use for him. Over under, how many games does he start for the Celtics this year? I put it at... If the over-under is 60. How about this, 50? Mm, it's a good question. I'll go under just because I do think he'll come off the bench for this team. You know, it's a really tough choice, Jimmy. I can't – I don't want to undermine – I don't want to undermine White. Uh, I think you want Drew out there for as much as possible, and he'll certainly close. I asked him the other day, you know, how important starting is to him. He says he didn't care. He just – you know, closing is what's important. Um, but 
White, I don't think you're at the point where you should bench White, even if he's perfectly fine going to the bench. I think you continue to emphasize him, and he's looked so good this preseason again. Horford, I was pleasantly surprised by how well he played off the bench in this game, so that's certainly an option that I'm willing to weigh more than I was before. But while Drew's figuring it out, and while you have this group of five guys who just have this awesome chemistry right now, Porzingis has been here for longer. He's really acclimated to the guys who are already here. I think you at least start the year with Drew off the bench. And again, that doesn't mean he's going to play 20 minutes or 15 minutes. He's going to play 30-plus, and Horford's still going to reel back his minutes this year. just means he's going to play with the second unit, going to play with the ball in his hands more, and yes, Jimmy, he'll close the game. So we're at, the reason why, and you might be completely right, and if he comes off the bench, I think enough people have been saying it now where there's obviously some reason to believe it's a possibility. I still find it hard to believe because if Drew Holiday is arguably the best defensive player in the NBA and certainly regarded as the best defensive guard in the NBA, why do you want to let the opponent get comfortable uh, or, or get into some sort of groove to start the game? If you have a guy that is literally, regardless of whether or not, say he's not super comfortable with the offense yet, he's not a liability on the offensive end and he's the best guard, you know, man defender in the NBA, you can just stick him on any given night, the opposing team's best score and make it a pretty miserable night for that player. I mean, opponents will tell you when they see a a team, you know, they look ahead at the schedule, they'll see a a team with a player that's a a great defender and they'll just shake their head and be like, damn it. Like, like, that's not going to be fun for me that night, you know? And so, so you want them to set the tone. I want him to set the tone. And again, I also think that let's say he isn't familiar. Well, stick him with the best players on the team and get familiar. If he's coming off the bench, you already have a, an unsteady bench to begin with. So wouldn't you rather have a guy like Derek White who can anchor that second unit, mix in immediately with the starters because he has a lot of familiarity there, and that transitions a lot smoother. Again, I mean, if they're all going to play 35 minutes a game anyways, then maybe it doesn't matter that much. But for me, I almost want to – punch the opposing team in the mouth right off the bat with a guy like Holiday. Yeah, I get it. And I think there'll be some nights where that can happen. I don't know how you feel about starting by committee, but that's what Joe's talked about throughout camp is that it could change any given night. Maybe you face a smaller I do think it might and, change. Yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe maybe Horford face- starts some night for all we know. Like, yeah, I no, mean, white or whatever. Like, honestly, like it's social media posts again. We don't watch practice, but – a lot of the highlights of their scrimmages have been Porzingis and Horford playing together uh, against Cornette in the second unit. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, if that's something else you can read into right now. Do you find again, it interesting that Horford came off the bench tonight, the last the last game that they're going to really be playing together before the regular season? No, I mean, I heard earlier that they were going to do that. Um, I think it's just because they want to get this look after bringing Drew off the bench in that first game. And Joe said throughout camp, you not to read into these lineups too much. So I think it was just another look for them to try. It started strong. It really did. That first quarter was awesome. But then in the second, again, things just got disheveled. And that's still my biggest worry about them this year, Jimmy, is as as much talent as they've accumulated and as many answers as they've given themselves offensively, when things get stagnant offensively and it comes down to Tatum and Brown running things and making plays, uh, is it still really going to go – stale for a quarter plus here i mean again joe said post game things fell apart late in the second mid late second and didn't get right until midway through the third 
He said the most important thing is getting out of those ruts as fast as you can. But I don't think a quarter plus is a vast amount of time to get out of a rut. I mean, they let the Knicks bench guys effectively in this game come back from down big to within single digits there. So that wasn't great. Again, I, I just see Holiday going through the process of acclimating to this team and you know, getting connected with guys and running all the plays and doing the things they do. It was interesting. He, you know, when I talked to him the other day, he said it's more defense that he's getting used to, like all the things that they're doing defensively. But tonight I, th- I thought he just looked a little disconnected offensively and it, it might be better for him. And I, I, he did a great job with it with the Bucks When Giannis was out, Middleton was out and he really had to run the show. He could pour it on scoring, playmaking, running the show. Yeah. So he might be a good fit for that six-man role. And it, I, it won't be like Brogdon last year where it's 20 minutes. He'll be a 30, 35-minute-per-game guy off the bench. He'll be closing these games. But just to start the game, I, I almost feel the opposite of you, Jimmy. I know you think that Holiday can set a great tone, and he can. But I love this tone that double big sets defensively. You know, Horford and Porzingis blocking a shot together. Porzingis <laughs> running up to the pick and roll and Porzingis, uh, Horford coming around the back and just making the guy shoot it off the backboard. There were some awesome moments with those two again playing together tonight. But credit to Horford and Tatum did give him a lot of credit tonight. I think it's tough for Horford to come off the bench. I don't think it's a comfortable position for him. In fact, in the second quarter, I didn't get to ask him tonight because he took off, but um, he came like out of the locker room or third quarter rather. I forget what quarter it was, but his second stint off the bench he like came out of the locker room and like checked into the game. So it's a whole different process for him. I don't think it's an ego thing. I don't think it's like, oh, I deserve to be a starter. I think it's just he's started his whole career. I think that's tough to adjust to, uh, especially, you know, working with a second unit that he's not as familiar with. So I don't know. I'm not opposed to bringing Horford off the bench. It went really well tonight. But Horford, uh, Holiday had some ups and downs with the starters out there that I think is a factor in this team considering bringing him off the bench. You have any concerns um, from tonight's game? I know you mentioned turnovers. The you turnovers are so bad. Yeah, I mean, again, you you gave yourself so many answers here, and it still looks sloppy at times. Still looks stale at times. And mm-hmm. yeah, again, you're integrating a lot of new guys, but some of the guys are the same here: White, Tatum, Brown, Horford. And that would deal, those are the guys you mostly played in this game. And Porzingis, as we mentioned, was great here. So it shouldn't have been this sloppy. Um, it's preseason, so we'll see how it looks next Wednesday. But that's my concern, certainly, is turnovers, ball handling. Who do you go to to calm things down? And the easy answer is Porzingis, right? You give it to him, he can make something happen. Even as a playmaker, I, I think he can really make some good decisions on the ball. Even early, he took this really tough three. I don't know if you remember his step back. It was like no. first quarter, maybe the second three he took. Oh, tough okay. spot, in a jam, took a step back three, rimmed out. Yep. But it's a move that's in his arsenal. I mean, he can hit that. The guy can right. just do so much. So my worry, Jimmy, I, I think if they really look for him and utilize him often, I don't mind if he takes 10 threes a game with how effectively he's hitting them. Uh, they're going to work him in in the post. They're going to work him in the mid-range as they did tonight. That can be your answer. And for Jalen especially, those two guys are going to be playing on the second unit a lot. Don't be scanning the floor, Jalen. Don't be looking all over the place. Catch the ball, and if you're open, shoot it. And if you're not open, find Porzingis because he's probably on a guy who's shorter than him or he's probably open himself. It's going to be much easier, I think, for Jalen to make reads with Porzingis out there. And same goes for Tatum. 
if you guys are in trouble, give it to this guy and move and he's going to find you or he's going to hit a shot. Like it's a really nice escape valve for them to utilize having him out there, you know, even maybe a greater one than holiday because, you know, holiday's great playmaker, good point guard, but sometimes the best way to avoid a turnover and Joe has said this too, is just take a quick shot, you know, get an open shot, take it, fire it away. You might miss it, but at least you're not turning the ball over and you're saying your defense. That's a big reason Joe really loves threes is you can set, you can get Mm -hmm. back and set after it. So I'm, I'm blown away by Porzingis. I think he's going to have a ginormous year. It's the health that's the only thing that worries you there. And then you're worried about the center depth a little bit if he does get hurt, given you know the way Cornette's played. And Caden didn't even see time in this game. So that you know, <clears throat> I think shows where he's at in terms right. of the rotation. But um, I'm pretty high overall. Um, Tatum said the practices have been exhausting. It's been a very intense training camp. They've had double sessions, so they've been going hard. I think that might explain the way they've approached some of these games or even how they've looked in some of these games. And then, of mm-hmm. course, just all the new faces, too. But uh, this was definitely the dress rehearsal, right, Jimmy? Your five starters. You had your three guys off the bench. They pretty much went the whole game. Yep. And uh, we'll see if anyone else can break through later. But for now, I think it's going to be your two new guys and pretty much the same faces as last year. Um, I just want to quickly go back to your Horford talk for a second. Mm-hmm. Joe Swate and I were talking about um, him closer to the beginning of the show and just the fact that he did come off the bench tonight. He is on, you know, the back half of his career, to put it extremely mild. Um, you know, what is he, 36 now? 37. Um, 37 now. And you want this guy to be healthy for game one of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Not not game 30 or game 50 of the regular season or game 70 of the regular season. You want him healthy for the playoffs. So why why the need to start him? I mean, wouldn't you rather prolong, uh, you know, prolong his health as long as you can this year? Because he has had, you know, bang knee here, you know, injury there. There's he's been in and out of the lineup with soreness. I think it's been less injuries and more wearing down, like late more stages of playoffs. Yeah. So so at some point, I know you said he's maybe uncomfortable coming off the bench. Well, of course he is. He's never come off the bench aside from like his rookie year. He's a starter. He's always been a starter, but at some point in your career, unless you're LeBron James, you end up going to the bench. It's just part of sports. Right. And so at some point that's going to happen, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, he's not going to start every single game of his career until the day he retires. Why not start that transition when you want to limit his minutes if you can, right? You don't necessarily need to start him uh, at the beginning of every game. You just want to make sure that he's effective when he's in there. It is matchup-based. He doesn't want to bang down low anymore. He hasn't in a couple of seasons. He's basically on offense, corner three-point shooter. He doesn't get to the line. So he's almost becoming more of a of a role player. Uh, as And again, it's still a big role, and he's still important. But I feel like he fits more of that reserve role now than he ever has. And in doing so, you kill two birds at one stone because you preserve him for the playoffs when you're already thin and you want to make sure that you have everybody. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And maybe that's where you end up going by the time the playoffs come around. Maybe that's the best way to spread Porzingis and Horford's minutes across the course of a game. Mm. Um, you know, you're going to weigh how much Al can be a closer to for this team in certain matchups just because of the fact that 
Porzingis is going to be a guy who plays back close to the rim. So if you're playing the Warriors or something, someone who's really going to space you out, um, you know, that's going to be a challenge, I think. But to your point on sustaining him through the course of the season, I think you can do that with him starting. You know, you're going to give him the off nights. I think you can give him even more off nights now with Porzingis available and other guys in the mix here. Um, You're going to shave down minutes. Again, I'm just forecasting what I think is going to happen here. I, I I wouldn't sure. bench Drew. I'd probably move. It's tough. It, it really is a tough decision between these six guys. I, I'd probably push come to shove, move White to the bench if it was my choice, even though that hurts too. Um, but, but again, don't forget, he's still going to get 35 minutes. Yeah, so that's my point. Holiday's still going to get 30-plus minutes. In turn, Warford's probably going to be closer to 25, 20 rather than 30, where he's lived the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. back to his minutes in recent years and the wear down, a lot of that's been because Rob's been out, right? So Al's yeah. had to play the entire game and log huge minutes at center because Rob's been unavailable in recent years. If Porzingis is down, they're going to be in trouble because that's going to happen again here. And then you're really starting to look at the center market to add some depth to this team at that spot if that happens. But if that happens, I think your championship – hopes are damaged anyway. Like you're really relying on Porzingis this year. And that's what you decide to do when you moved off Rob and when you moved off smart. So I'm not super concerned about Horford's longevity with this team at full health. I think they can find ways to shave down his minutes and without bringing him off the bench, you know, still use him regularly alongside Porzingis, which is important to me. I love double big. I love the way it, this team's defensive ability and I, the drew thing to me is temporary jimmy like once mm-hmm. he's fully integrated once he's in the swing of things i think at that point you can think about starting him okay all right bobby i hear you we want to uh, tell everybody about our sponsor hello fresh good friend of the show hellofresh.com slash clns50 you want to use the code CLNS50 for 50% off and free shipping on your HelloFresh purchase. With HelloFresh, you can get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's the number one meal kit. I made a massive mistake tonight because I, I, I didn't have my HelloFresh ready to go. And... You got to have your HelloFresh ready to go. I, I had to make I, – I went to the butcher and I bought a, something called a pork prosciutto. And I had no idea what I was doing. I The guy told me to sear it. I tried to sear it. Smoke alarms go off in oh my God. apartment building. You got to wave uh, the towel. I'm, I got the pillow going. I'm like, this is why <laughs> I need HelloFresh. I don't have to worry about all this. The directions are there. The ingredients are there. I made a huge mistake tonight. If I had HelloFresh, that wouldn't be an issue. HelloFresh does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep. Pre-portioned, ready to cook, along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. Again, I needed the recipe cards tonight. Um, so go to HelloFresh.com slash CLNS50 and use your code CLNS50 for 50% off, plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash CLNS50 for 50% off, plus free shipping. Um, yeah, America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Bobby, final thoughts from tonight. Um, we have the last preseason game on Thursday. I have a feeling it won't mean much. Yeah. So 
tonight's game was probably the last real good look at these guys until um, opening night. Yeah, they're, they're pretty close. And Joe said it tonight. I like where we're at. You had that bad stretch there. But hoping this game shooting the way this team did, I think, shows you their upside. It's going to be a overwhelming offensive te uh, team at times. But I just keep going back to Porzingis, man. I, I am just enthralled by what this guy's doing, the shooting. But the defense, Jimmy, I, I knew, you know, that was the first thing I said when they traded for him. This guy's a perfect fit defensively for this team and the way they want to defend. And I don't have numbers because they're not tracking numbers in preseason. You know, even the NBA site isn't on their game yet. They're, they're, they're still they're warming still, up. Yeah. But I'd have to imagine if you looked at the shooting by players against Porzingis, you know, you, you tracking numbers against him, I'd have to imagine it's been in the 30s because he is just contesting and sending away so many shots. And it's not even just blocks. Like, guys are going in there and missing bad against him. Uh, he's in on so many plays. Even his ability to get out on the perimeter better than I expected. So I'm excited about him. The Drew thing's going to take time, I think, which is fine. I know that's why you have the regular season. And it's not like seeding super important. I think that's going to happen naturally for this team. So he can continue working on that into the year. Uh, side point, loved Hauser tonight. And credit to him. He started, yeah. he started in a little bit of a slump to open preseason. Ended hot. I thought he was outstanding tonight, driving, drawing fouls, even making a nice pass to, I think, Jalen for a three. Yeah, nice little no-look to, uh, I think, uh, Horford in the corner, too. Yeah, so he came into camp with a lot of competition, right? We were debating, could someone knock him out of his spot? Tonight showed it's all his. No one else really played other than him at that backup wing spot. Yep. All right, folks, that'll do it for tonight's show. We will be back Thursday night, final preseason game of the preseason uh, against the Charlotte Hornets. Again, that might be, you know what, the, the, that game is still like, if you're a diehard Celtics fan, that's a really fun game because you get to see a lot of players that you typically won't see. Mm -hmm. And that's the last time you might see some of them for a very long time. Or, you know, a, a guy or two might make a case for that end of end of bench uh, spot or two. So um, we will be live after that one. And then regular season's here, Bobby. We're going to do a – I think we're doing a little preview show next week before the uh, opening night tips off. And um, we'll have to get our bold predictions ready and, and everything else. Oh, it's else. an annual uh, tradition. Uh, Make sure they're good. They have to be extra. Make sure yours are bold this year, please. Don't let don't get John angry. Is my All Star one not bold enough? Um, I would say I would say it's it's teetering the line. It's, it's in the it's the a going in the right direction. Bold would be saying four Celtics players make the All Star. Hey, my that holiday one feels a little bold, so we'll see if that ends up happening. That one can be proven yeah. right or wrong quickly. That's true. Bobby thinks that Holiday will uh, only start two games this year and average 13 <laughs> minutes a game. Very specialized. He's Peyton, Peyton Pritchard this year. He's going to be Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again for uh, watching tonight. Celtics with the 123-110 win over the Knicks. We will see you all on Thursday. This is the Garden Report. Peace. The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. You place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose.